Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Praise God. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Hallelujah. Yeah, I just celebrated a five-year anniversary with my wife. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, I feel now I've, I can officially give advice to other couples. <laughs> Not quite AARP yet, you know, but uh, that's fantastic. Um, I believe that the word that I'm going to share today is very important. It's not easy to talk about, but it's related not just about the financial aspects of our giving into the kingdom of God, but also just of, of us. And so um, yeah. at the beginning of the year, we had, uh, you know, we shared about vision for the church, and we called it faith in action, right? Family forward. And also, it was confirmed recently, again, by prophetic word, you know, through Nancy that we've had, was that, number one, was know who you are, know where you stand, and know what you're doing, all right? So, and I believe that in the next couple of weeks, perhaps, we'll get more and more in depth of meaning of what it is, you know, the call. Everybody talks about what's your calling, what's your calling, and the thing is, the reality is, your calling is wherever you're at. Yeah. You're calling, you know, to be an incredible father or mother at home. And when you go to work, your calling is to be an example, representing kingdom of God as an employee. You know, you don't necessarily need to go to some Africa or something like that to minister and uh, get photos on it on social media and things like that. God sees our heart wherever we're at. Amen? Hallelujah. So our alignment with the word, I, I should say alignment with God, determines our assignment. So maybe we'll get into that in the future as well, talking more. Our alignment determines our assignment. So, and, uh, but speaking of tithes and offerings and things like that, um, you know, church is not built on special offerings, you know, like <laughs> an uncle showing up once a year, you know, for Christmas and, you know, here he is bringing the gifts. But it's, you know, a church is built on people that are consistently serve, consistently give to the kingdom of God. You know, not just financially, but physically, of themselves, spending time, you know, being around children, you know, volunteering, things like that. It's the daily discipline of things. Amen? So, I'm excited to share with you this scripture that provides, you know, excellent instruction of what it means to be available to God. And so, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for always carrying us through every moment of our life, Lord. We thank you for the wisdom you give us, Lord, what to do in every situation, Lord, that we know that you are always there and you'll always provide, Father God, in every situation. Help us continue to help our, to move our family forward, our own personal small family and our church family forward, Lord, into what you have called us to do, Lord, to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for Whitefields. We thank you for all the guests that are here, Lord. May your presence just permeate every heart right now, Lord. We're listening to your word, Father. Speak to us. Amen. Amen. All right. In a non-creepy way, look to your neighbor or whoever's closest to you and say, look, turn to them and say, are you available? Are you available? Are you available? Put some confidence in that. Are you available? Hallelujah. And that's the title of my sermon today is, Are You Available? My dad once told me, and I've, I'm pretty sure uh, I've heard that phrase before as well, that uh, 
He, I mean, my father said, Vic, you know, it's not about your ability, but it's about your availability. So having the ability to do something is great, but if you aren't doing anything about it, nothing will good will come out of it. So I'm sure Pastor Mark, right, a lot of people have been giving you advice on how to pastor from the sheep. <laughs> That's just a funny picture to me, you know, sheep talking to the shepherd. So the pastor like, hey, I think we should go to these fields over here. <laughs> So there's every time there's any situation and you want to do anything, there's going to be somebody that's going to try to give you an advice about how you should do it. But I love that phrase. You know, it's not about your ability. It's, your, it's about your availability. Sure, sometimes talent plays a role, and I believe God has gifted us different talents, and those are great things. But, you know, if you think you're a great singer and, you know, you automatically think that you need to move to Nashville and start recording... <laughs> And if your wife doesn't even like how you sing, it's probably not a good idea. You know what I mean? But there are certain gifts that are actually specific, and they're very good, and we have to understand that. You know, we have guys who are builders. We have guys who are mechanics and things like that. We have people that are great with children, people that can sing really well. And uh, those things are all phenomenal. God wants to use all of that for his purpose, for his glory, as our church expands, as we grow, and to walk in the will of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So, by the way, determining, you know, friends... If you want to know who your true friends are, when you're moving, call them. Yeah. And that's the time to determine. <laughs> All of a sudden, for some reason, you know, friends start dropping like flies. Oh, I, I had plans. I'm sorry. I cannot do that. But um, that's a free advice. Moving is uh, not everybody. You know, even sometimes you offer a pizza, people might not show up. But anyways. But anyways, well, it hit me the other day, and I was just praying and and while I'm trying to get, like, I feel like, while I'm trying to get more of God in my life, God is trying to get more of me. Yeah. And I never thought about that. I'm like, oh, yeah, God, I think you're here and here, and I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And God is like, I, want, I just want more of you, more of your time. And so and that's where that word came to me. It's like, Vic, are you available? I remember years back, a couple of years back, and... Um, couple of years back, that's a lot of years, <laughs> before leading worship here at the church, many years back, that was like 10 years already, uh, and I heard God say, are you available, you know, and I really technically did not really lead worship, I'd never taken a single music class, I don't, I could, you know, I was legitimately never uh, took a single class, and so everything I learned was, you know, from just other people, YouTube wasn't even that great yet, but now you can find everything on YouTube, so... And, but I heard that voice, like, Vic, are you available? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess, God, I, <laughs> I guess I am. But it's amazing. And God, you know, just took that desire and I stepped in. And I said, Lord, I don't know. There's the need right there that needs to be filled. There's a need, that needs, a need that's there that needs to be filled. And I'm willing, Lord. Yeah. And that is incredible because God is always after those hearts. And I believe all of us, all of us are capable of serving in the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. You can open up your Bible. You can open up your phone. Or you can just look at the screen. Whatever, you know. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You know, this is a principle, uh, just like laws that exist in the nature that God has placed, you know, law of gravity and things like that. But we call it, you get out of it 
what you put into it, right? And everything, whether it's relationship, whatever it is. So, you know, I hear, I hear this phrase sometimes when somebody tells me, you know, oh, I don't go to that church anymore. I don't think I got anything out of it. And my next question after that always is like, well, you know, what did you put into it? And it's like all of a sudden they're like startled by that. I'm like, oh, I don't know. So last time I, you know, went to church, I had a bad attitude. You know, I didn't want to lift my hands because nobody's going to manipulate me to lift my hands. You know, in the presence of God, I like to worship outdoors. And, you know, I like to hunt and I like moose. That's how my, I'm worshiping. You know, last time I attempted that or had a bad attitude, I, I didn't get much out of it. You know, so, or for example, that's a good example. Last time I went to the bank and tried to withdraw more money out of the bank than I put in, it didn't work, right? You get out of it what you put into it. Amen? Hallelujah. So, um, verse 7. Let's go to the next verse. Each of you should give, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God has no needs. How many of you believe that, right? Because yeah. God is self-sufficient and we're not. So, and ever had, you know, ever had somebody do something nice for you and the way they did it <laughs> made you wish that they never did? You know, early in our marriage, I remember <laughs> washing dishes and I wanted to make sure Larissa notices that I'm washing dishes. And so I'm like whistling. And then I'm seeing that she's just doing her stuff. And, <laughs> and so, and then next thing you know, like, I, I'm like, you know, I, I don't mind washing dishes at all. It's something I enjoy doing. It's like, as Christ serves the church, you know, I love to serve my wife, you know. And uh, <laughs> she turns around and says, I don't remember exact words, but she says, I'd rather that you wouldn't do it. You know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be doing it if I have to hear that much about it. So... <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. Can you, amen? amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So if we come to church, you know, thinking, man, church is so lucky to have me. Oh, I can sing or I got such a... <laughs> if we think that bringing our presence into the presence of God is somehow, some, some way a favor to God, we're mistaking. Because it's not, it's not our presence that's being honored. It is God's presence that's being honored. And God's presence is invaluable in our life. How many believe that? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Ryan, he's ready to preach soon. He really spent most of the worship next to me, by the way. So, amen. Hallelujah. So it's not, you know, it's me. and If I show up to church, people are happy to see me. It's God's presence that's being honored. Amen? So, and we're living in time where, you know, where worship, you know, where we worship big names, so, you know, some people. I don't think people worship celebrities anymore, but a lot for, for the longest time, you know, big figures and popular folks were worshiping those people out in public. And so, but God was God, you know, before any celebrity shouted him out and like, oh, I just want to thank my God. Or God doesn't need a celebrity or somebody else to make him famous because God is God. It doesn't matter. Amen. God is the great I am. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the alpha and omega. And so I'm so thankful that that God knows every, every single of my needs. And that's the kind of God that we serve. Amen? Hallelujah. So Paul says pretty much, I want to give you the privilege 
to sow into something that is bigger than you. And again, so 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And here's the verse that I wanted to internalize, you know, just really take it into consideration and let it become a reflection of who we are. And ask ourselves, do we believe what verse 8 says? And God is able, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Oftentimes we believe that God's grace is available to others, but do we believe that God is able to make all grace abound to us. Continue reading. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And it's about to get good. Check this out. Because Paul wants to let us know, let us in on a principle why some of us are struggling with discouragement. And even though we pray about it, we prayed for a specific thing, whatever it may be, and we don't seem to receive that from the Lord. Verse 10, now he who supplies what? He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You know, what that verse means is that God is not going to give you a harvest that you're asking for. He's going to give you a seed. Supplies the seed to the sower. And it really opened up to me in so many ways. So the question is not, is, is God able? The question is, are you a sower? Or have I, or have I allowed myself, you know, to get into this Christian uh, consumer mentality where, you know, we bring up needs before the Lord and our list before the Lord looks like more of like a kid making a Christmas list, you know, Christmas list before the Christmas. Or is it about me serving Christ, serving Jesus, and everything that I'm doing? So we get stuck in this me mode. You know, God bless me. God help me. God help my family. God encourage me. You know, and I'm sorry if it sounds a little rough, but I... The other day, he hit me like, it's like spiritual constipation. You, you just keep praying, it's all me. God, give me, give me. Everything is coming in. Blessings are coming in, but nothing's coming out, you know. And it's not living waters that are happening. And so it's very important to consider that when God is blessing you, he wants you to do something with it. He wants you to pass on that love, pass on that love of God. Amen? So nothing is wrong with bringing up the needs before God. I want to make sure I clarify this, right? Uh, but the way he will respond with your seed is he'll give you more seed. Which is confusing to us, right? Because God, if God, you know, we want God to give us a harvest. But God will not respond with the harvest. He will respond to your need with a seed. So what I found out to be true is uh, when I found myself in need, the best thing to me, you know, to get out of me mode and get into the so mode um, is literally just make myself available before God. And say, God, I, I want to be able to do something for you, for your kingdom. And a lot of times it's not even that difficult. It's yeah. legitimately going and showing a little bit of love to somebody. I know we aren't living in the agricultural society. But, you know, if we were, seeding or I should say sowing is a form of investment, correct? It's like a, uh, it's a process. 
stuff doesn't come right away. We put into something, whether it's marriage or something like that, and we reap the benefits, and it's not always instant. But how many times, you know, you have perhaps found yourself, you know, discouraged in your soul, and you took five minutes to be a blessing for someone, five minutes. And it's like when I sowed, I immediately realized that God gave me, uh, what God gave me, it became what I actually needed. So in the time of need, I reached out to somebody who was in need, and in the midst of that, I received my answer. And oftentimes it's like, oh, I guess my situation is not that bad when I saw somebody else's need. I'm like, That's, I don't have any problem at all. And I thought my problem was a problem. So let's continue. Let, let me prove that from Jesus. Uh, Luke 6.38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So that's not a financial scripture. I just want to make sure you point out. Not just financial, okay? Scripture's about anything right there. Give, and it will be given to you. For, you know, Lord, forgive me for being stuck in me mode, honestly. I've been stuck in me mode for some time. Me, 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 me. Speaking of that, I actually wanted to try this morning. <laughs> All right, let me increase the volume a little bit. Everybody, a lot of people know that, right? Do, re, mi, 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 God bless me. And I believe that God wants to, you know, what about the soul, fati, do, nope, mi, 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 do, re, mi. And I believe that God wants to move us from, from a mi mode. Do, re, mi, fa, so. So, from me to so, God blessed me so, you've given me life so, from a me mode to a so mode, amen? So, maybe that will click, resonate a little bit, all right? And so, this is challenging because God responds to our need a lot of times with a bigger need. And oftentimes, uh, when we see other person's need, like I've said, it just, our need doesn't seem that big anymore. This is what it means to, you know, reaching out to people, serving, regardless how you're feeling at that moment. Uh, in Matthew 14, Jesus tells his disciples, like, hey, let's get away, let's get some rest. Because, you know, Herod went crazy, he just chopped off the head of John the Baptist. And so, and they're like, Jesus, great, you know our every need. <laughs> We're really tired. We really would love to get away. And just relax. And so, guess what happens? They started walking to other place. Guess what happens when they get there? They run into needy people, like 5,000 needy people, all right? And so, now we're like, we have disciples who need rest. And oftentimes, think about it. You've been in that position. You're like exhausted. And it's like, oh, somebody needs help with moving. Happens to be that. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, it's like, Oh, okay, well, I guess I can. Or I can just make an excuse and I'm exhausted and tired. But anyways, so disciples want to go get some rest. They get there and there's a huge need. But watch what he's about to do, right? This is incredible. He's about to meet the needs of his disciples with the needs of people, 
all right? And he does it by feeding their faith first. So he's about to take them from needers to feeders, all right? From me to so, <laughs> from me to so, Matthew 14, 15, all right? As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. You know, it sounds pretty spiritual, right? You think about it. Lord, we're concerned for the sheep that you have came for. And we just want to make sure they get something to eat. You know, the truth is Peter was hungry. Because <laughs> the thing is, they didn't get to eat either. I mean, they were hanging out all day. They, they, they were hungry as well. But God's, you know, Jesus is, was like, hey, you know what would be cool? If we would fed them, if we would feed them, right? And disciples say, you know, it would be cool if you would have warned us, we would have hired a catering company or something like that. We would have been more prepared, right? And so, but Jesus is like, no, no, no. I am DoorDash, Uber Eats, and catering all in one. Check this out. What do you, he's like, what do you mean you have no bread, right? And he's like, I am the bread of life. I am Jehovah Jireh, God the provider. But, you know, at that moment, they still didn't know. They were still discovering Jesus. They were getting to know him. So Matthew 14, 16, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And you will never know, you know, until you will never know what you have until God shows you a need that is bigger than you. Yeah. That, that's true. So you will never know that what God is able until he puts you in a situation where you're, in situation when you're not. So Jesus has orchestrated this moment, and it's, about to get good, and to activate disciples, disciples as faith technically, and to put it into action, okay? So keep in mind, every time we're referencing disciples, you can refer that to yourselves because we're his disciples, amen? Hallelujah. So he fills their need with a bigger need. Um, how many of us are facing the situation perhaps where you think that the need is more than a supply? Yeah? True. It happens a lot. But all my life, I read this scripture, right? And I was like, oh, Jesus fed the multitudes. And that wasn't technically accurate until I was like, it says right there in the scripture, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Because Jesus was, Jesus doesn't need anything. God doesn't need anything. But he wants to activate us to do that for him. Because we are his children, amen? We're representatives of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So... And what happens next is one of the greatest revelations, you know, you can receive. When they mention their limited supply, verse 17, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. That was what was available to them. They were able to find that, right? We don't have enough, but God is able. They are with Jesus himself, God in the flesh. But God is able. This is where 2 Corinthians chapter 9 became alive to me. And so when you are in a situation where you're not able, God enables you to be a blessing to others. Amen. He just wants your, your heart. That's why he legitimately said, you give them something to eat. I want to see you. For example, that person that was blind, remember? And it was pretty obvious. You don't need to be Jesus to know if somebody was blind. He came up to him. And you would think Jesus knows what, what he wants, right? But what did Jesus ask him? He says, what do you want? Yeah. Right? 
our desire, our desire is very important over here, all right? So Jesus enables to, the disciples to, you know, to feed the people. So we can say, well, I'm limited with what I have or with my giftings. But five loaves and two fishes to feed 5,000 legitimately is like a joke. It doesn't make sense. But it's not a joke to God. And the reason why I want to say that because God is saying, hey, give me your limited supply. Give me just with a little bit of gifting that you have right now and just watch what I can do with it. Because check this out. Matthew 17, okay, next slide right there. Matthew 17, 20 says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for God. Is that what it says? impossible for you nothing is impossible for God of course it's obvious but it says nothing is impossible for you even with your seed as small as a mustard seed it's tiny okay that could be your five loaves to fish right there and so here we go God is saying I'm putting you in the season right now and God is I believe all of you that are here we are all in a perfect season right now and God is saying I'm going to provide don't worry about it even with a little bit of the gifting that you have, you are here for a purpose. Yeah. And God is changing us from needers, I believe, to feeders. So, for my glory, because it says, if you bring me, even you think that something is not even a gift necessarily, you're like, I think it's just the ability that I've obtained, you know, to work on this. Or I'm good at making, I don't know, I'm good at cooking. Whatever it is. And next thing you know, God is like, whoa, you know what, guess what? You can surprise somebody and bring them lunch. Or bring him dinner yeah. and things like that. Or like, oh, I'm good at cleaning. Oh, I would love to clean the church. <laughs> All right. But God is saying that, you know, I see your need, but I am your supply. And I love that. Matthew 14, 8, right? It says, bring here to me. Okay? So when they found out five loaves, two fishes, he's like, bring it to here. God is saying, bring it to me. doesn't matter how big it is, uh, how small it is. Because he, he gives seed to the sower. And so I started asking myself a question like, Lord, Vic, are you a sower? Please don't think that, like I said, it's necessarily about finances here, okay? This is talking about anything. You're sowing into anything, into relationships and friendships, into the church, including, you know, finances too. Because I believe that when we're sowing into the kingdom of God, really, because God really doesn't need anything. The reason being is just... God is saying, even in Malachi, and I have that scripture pulled up. Can you t technically, it might be, we'll pull it up on the end, actually. But it says, test me. And he says, because I will open up the riches of heaven to you. He just wants to bless us. And that's the key, is we give him the little, little, very limited that we have, you know. And it's like law that is being placed in our nation, for example, in any, in any aspect. And I look at it. Like, even people that are non-believers, right, non-Christians that are business guys, they believe in actually sowing, like, into something. They constantly give to charities because they know that's a law pretty much of nature. And in other words, you heard this word, karma, right? Really, in the words, what they're talking about is just li literally just giving it into something that is bigger than themselves. And God is grateful, and God, God will reward gratefully. He's faithful, amen? Hallelujah. So... Paul is helping us see, that, you know, that in God's dictionary, sacrifice is different than our dictionary, all right? So I was thinking the other time about Barry. Those that don't know, if you're visiting us, 
Barry, a dear friend, pillar of this church, who has put so much into this church. And, uh, you know, recently we lost him in the fishing accident. But I was thinking about, and it came in so perfectly for this word, and that's why I believe that it actually it's coming in from the Lord into our hearts. But I was thinking, I remember talking to him one time, and I was just thanking him for his sacrifice and everything that he did to our church, you know, for our church. And I'm like, thank you for being the pillar for our church and this and that. I remember even hinting as I was cleaning, um, <laughs> vacuuming here, and, and I was like, you know what would be cool? If we had one of those awesome vacuums on our, uh, on the, you know, you put it on, like, yeah, backpack. Looks like a jetpack. And, uh, and I'm like, that would be so cool. I legitimately just mentioned it in between things after one of our carnivore nights with men. Next thing you know, like, next time I show up, it's like the fanciest model there is in the back of the church. And I'm like, this is incredible. But it's just outside of that. But I remember just like, thank you for your sacrifice. And then he stopped me right there. And he said, you know, it's not sacrifice. It's all God's. He's like, God helped me to obtain it. And if I, he's like, if I take my last breath, he's like, I, I got nothing. It's all God's. So everything I have is really his. And that really re revealed that scripture to me about sacrifice, you know. And so I asked myself, do, wanna, do I want to be a needer for the rest of my life? Or do I want to be a sower and to make a difference in someone's life? You know, and Barry is not one of those people who, you know, I ever wanted trumpet blowing stuff like, hey, I'm washing the dishes. <laughs> like I did, <laughs> you know. He, he never wanted to be known, you know, and he was just doing that. And that is a perfect example of what, you know, a person can be. You know, he just goes to church, but you never know what he's doing and secretly giving some people uh, money so they could, you know, not even exposing his name so they could buy gifts for the kids and the Christmas, things like that. And to me, that really spoke volumes. And I'm like, Lord, that is where it's at. And that is the heart of God, really. Because technically... We're just giving it back to God what is his. If I borrowed a car from you and I'm giving it back to you, I'm not like sacrificing my car to you. I'm giving it back to you, right? So when we have that mentality, really only, like I said, this was like a few years back, it really changed my perspective on what, it, what the sacrifice is. And so anyways, Abraham, for, uh, I want to bring just last couple of examples and we're going to wrap it up here. Jesus tells, you know, um, not Jesus, I'm sorry, Abraham, a he's considered a father of faith. And those that don't know, he wanted a son for the longest time. And back in the day, you know, his wife could not get pregnant. And they didn't have pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I'll just leave it out there right there <laughs> on that aspect. But he wanted a son. And so, but then God gave him a son years later. And it came about. And then God tests him. And he says, I want you to give him back to me, pretty much. I want you to sacrifice your son. And I want us to, to see the bigger picture of God. And <laughs> because God is the Jehovah Jireh, he will always provide. I can't imagine that kind of a test that a father has to go through. And he's like, here I am, God, I'm, I'm going to give you back the son you gave me. But then, to make a long story short, he pretty much, they go up the hill. And right when he was about to sacrifice his son, the angel came out, you know, stopped him. And pretty much gave him a, a, a ram to sacrifice. So really, that really, I was like, oh, I see. It, I connected the dots that Abraham was giving his son back. And when you have the heart to know that 
everything is God's. And I'm just, if he takes my last breath, like Barry said, you know, I, I have nothing. It's all God's. Amen? So I really, I know it's a very deep word, and it's not easy to take to hear that, but it really will change your life in every aspect, about, especially when it comes to giving into anything, into friendships, relationships, financial things, whatever it may be. So, and then in Matthew 25, Jesus tells a parable about the kingdom of God, you know, and so, and he talks about a, a man that entrusted three servants with different amounts of gold. And so one of them he gave five, the other one he gave two, and the other one he gave one bag of gold. And he just wanted to see what they're going to do with it, right? And so first guy doubled, turned five bags into ten bags of gold. Second guy doubled, went from two to four. And then the, the, the other one who had one bag went and just hidden it and buried it. And so I'm thinking, that one gift maybe I have. Will I bury it? And kind of like, yeah, I think I'm good at that, but I, ah, nobody needs it. And you'll be surprised sometimes how just even a little uh, phone call to somebody in the middle of day to tell them, hey, I just want to tell you I love you and I appreciate you. God, that can make a big difference. And I believe that we, as representatives of kingdom of God, as we are moving our family forward, it's very important to understand that our giftings is not something like special, that I'm a talented singer or anything like Your gifting is everywhere you go. Your will of, will of God is for you to just be active and just to listen to the Holy Spirit every time. And that little hint that sometimes you'll get out of nowhere, that's Holy Spirit. You're thinking, oh, I'm going to pay for the car behind me, you know, on the drive-thru. You can't do that. Hallelujah. So it's not much, but I believe as white fields, right, uh, the fields are white. I'm thinking, I thought of this legitimately just like yesterday evening, like we're going from needers because technically we're all needers. We need God every day of our lives. But God wants to always move us in these three steps, from needers to feeders and to reapers, okay? And then we're reaping the harvest. And that I believe we can do. I believe we can replicate that thing, and it's very simple. You know, we come to God. God gives us everything we need, and then he moves us to feeders, whether we're actually feeding someone physically, whatever it may be. That's your little gifting. That's your five loaves, two fishes. And then God is like, great. And then you reap the rewards, and your relationship increases. You invite somebody. You open up your house. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, wow. I, you know, I legitimately invited somebody over for dinner. And now they invite, they're inviting me over to the place. Our dream is always that to invite somebody to church, at least it was for me growing up, uh, I'm going to invite my friend who's a non-believer, and he's going to come to church, and he's going to get saved. And I'm like, yes, done. <laughs> no. And then when I realized that you just got to open up, a lot of times just break bread together. You invite him over to your house, and you're like, hey, come on over for dinner. Come on over for steaks. If you don't have steaks, we'll do some ramen noodles together, you know, garnish it with yeah. fresh garden. Um, so I believe we are in this perfect season, and God is able. God is able. He will supply the seed to the sower. And the more, like I said, nothing's going to come. Harvest doesn't come right away. We wish that it would. Yeah. But he gives us a seed. If he wants to complete our need, he gives us more seed. And in the middle of it, while we're serving others, oftentimes we receive that blessing and we're like, oh, Lord, you just filled my need. 
Look at these disciples, right? They showed up. They're hungry too. Let's go away. Nope. They get there. I got like, oh, I'm going to show you something bigger. I'm going to show you who I am. But I want you to be involved in it. You are called for my purpose. Yeah. That's right. You don't need to be on stage here, anywhere, wherever you go. You're walking with the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand up for prayer. And we're just going to, as a sign, you know, to the Lord, we're going to just open up our palms to him to, towards heaven real quick and just say a quick prayer. Lord, we surrender everything to you that we have. This breath, Father, that you've given us, it is really yours. If, we, if you take it away, Lord, we have nothing. Lord, help us understand what it really means to be, what it is to have, what it is to have sacrifice, Father God, to have sacrificial heart. Lord, that we are giving it back to you, Lord, because everything, everything good comes from you, Lord. You are our provider. You will always fill our every need, Lord. We thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We ask that you would activate the faith, Lord, right now of every heart. And I know that you're speaking to every heart saying, I know that I can use that gift. I know that I can use that gift in you. And God wants to change us from me mode to so mode. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we're going to be sown into the kingdom of God. And everywhere we go, Lord, we know that we are representatives of your kingdom. And we're moving our family forward, Lord, by sharing love of God, sharing what you have done for us on the cross, Lord. You paid the ultimate sacrifice, Father. Nothing can compare to your sacrifice, Lord. Thank you, Father. We lift up our hands to you and surrender, knowing that everything we have, Lord, is all yours. It belongs to you. But we want to walk, Lord, in your presence always and hear that voice. And not just to hear the word and just forget about it a couple of minutes later. But, Lord, as the seed of the word will be just rooted down deeply and start bringing forth fruit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.